0: Taking A move that I make, I give it everything I got, cause that what it takes, I push the limit till it break, the heart of the brave, the soul of a legend with the will to be great, hold up. Welcome! <laughs> Welcome to the latest edition of No Mercy coming at you as I love to do at the very least every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday Wherever you find your podcast, you can find No Mercy. Obviously, we're here in my studios thanks to our official studio sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sports betting company of the No Mercy Podcast. Listen, you you supposed to be my guest, and we start off this you getting on me, Donovan. What's up, man? How you doing? This is my show. <laughs> it's been a while. La- ladies and gentlemen, it's welcome. Been, Listen, been, no mercy. I got my man Donovan McNabb. As you can see, this is his show. I don't have any control. Show. Really, it's your mm-hmm. show. So why I got to be like that? I mean, why do you always try to take over my stuff, man? I'm a quarterback. I'm supposed to. That is true. That is a true. A leader is supposed to be in the huddle and take control. Of, I, I mean, I'm I'm kind of a leader. You know,
1: I'm well, kind of, I'm kind you're getting there. <laughs> yeah. <You're getting there. laughs>
0: How you been, man? What's been
1: going on? I'm good, man. Life is great, man. Everything's going well, man. Just enjoying the process of uh, Mm -hmm. obviously being dad and coach and trainer and, you know, still staying active in the community
0: and doing a lot of things to try to help the youth. Right. Well, you know, talk to us about what you've been doing with yourself specifically. I mean, you just you just alluded to it. But Donovan McNabb's life is what in this day and age? Safe and in control. You
1: know, and I think one thing you have to understand is when guys are retired, you got to have a plan. Mm-hmm. And my plan was always to continue to stay in the community and try to help the youth in any way possible. And, you know, I went from coaching girls club basketball, which is AAU for, for those who are listening, um Coached 15s, 16's and seventeens. Obviously, I had a dog in a fight where my daughter was playing. Nice. She's now a freshman at Syracuse University. Okay, Syracuse. Uh,
0: I'm so surprised. I'm so surprised. Syracuse. It runs in the blood. It runs in the blood. Okay, the mighty orange. <laughs> <laughs> now listen. By the way, how the hell are you out in Scottsdale, Arizona? I mean, you living in Arizona these days, man. You from Chicago? You mm-hmm. went to school in Syracuse. How did Arizona get into the mix, man? No state income, local state income tax. Well, it no, no.
1: This ain't Florida and Texas. I mean, I but see. you know, uh, you know, I trained out here. Okay, and there's nothing better than getting to an environment where it's 65 degrees in, in January and February. Mm. You know, I can throw my flip-flops on and show my sexy toes. Oh, um, throw some shorts on, mm. a nice T-shirt oh. while you guys are still wearing uh, the big coats. And, Only and the Donovan hoots.
0: McNabb would call his toes sexy. It's toes. That's I, what you just said. You said toes. I, I Sexy toes. It really. It starts from
1: the bottom up. <laughs> 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 hey, it's a, it's a lot of fellas in here wearing shoes. Still, you know, they're not confident.
0: I got you. I got you. What's it been like for you? watching this particular football season unfold? I'm not just talking about the Eagles or the Chiefs, but just watching NFL football, now that you've been retired for several years, what's it like for you to watch the game now from a distance? Well,
1: it's an interesting storyline. I think uh, when it comes to the hype and the hoopla when when everybody picking selective teams, uh, and those teams fail, uh, to the unquestioned uh, teams like the Kansas City Chiefs and, uh, the San Francisco 49ers and um, some of these teams that everyone kind of picked because of kind of lazy analytical work. right? But then you have teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars with the presence of Doug Peterson and what he's done for Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. uh, in his young career at this particular point uh, to uh, what the Philadelphia Eagles have done with Jalen Hurst when everybody kind of turned their back on right. him and saying he's, he's not a franchise quarterback.
0: Week two of this year you brought up how, I'm sorry, last year, you brought up how Jalen Hurts was gonna be big time, how he was better than Carson Wentz. I have to give it to you. It was a real moment where you saw things sooner than me. I have to give you credit for that. <laughs>
1: let, let me record this. <laughs> Are you giving me a little yes, bit of credit I, I for it? I have
0: to give uh, it to you. I mean, I have to, you, you beat me to that. Okay. One. I have to give okay. It to well, I, to I tried to, to explain it. to
1: people you have to really go by the eye test. And mm-hmm. and knowing this young man and having a chance to talk to him mm-hmm. uh, throughout the years of his work and how he prepares himself there was an opportunity for not really a breakout season, but more of progression. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to understand is as a young quarterback, you're going to continue to progress, but is the team patient enough to build around you and also allow you to flourish, mm. you know. So what we've seen from Jalen Hurts has has been remarkable at this particular point. But he's not done. He's going to continue to grow. Mm. Uh, what we've seen from guys like Joe Burrow and and I never know why we still throw Justin Herbert in that that kind of that that pie. What's
0: wrong, what's wrong with Justin Herbert? What I he, love Justin Herbert. I think he's got a, tremendous
1: a, a potential, gr- a great talent. That's right. But what was the word you just said? Potential. Okay. But we put him in the second tier with with the likes of guys who have been successful in playoffs. Mm-hmm. And so you only increase and move into that uh, that area when you have won Mm. Um, and I don't like the way you come down on Dak, so we're going to get into that a you little bit.
0: Are you going to sit here as a former Philadelphia let, Eagle and get on me because I got on a cowboy? I, I mean, are you ready to commit this blasphemy in public? Are you don't, kidding don't,
1: don't, me? Don't, 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 don't try to go to the diction. See how you, you try to throw big <laughs> words out
0: there? That, that, you, you've used that over 50 times. you got to let it go. Yeah, I got you. I, okay. I, well, I have other words in my well, repertoire. I, yeah. I, I could use them, but, but, but really you're going to defend but, Dak Prescott?
1: But has he won and been successful over the years?
0: Not really. Huh? The man's got two playoff victories in seven years.
1: What are you talking about? He's won. He's won almost double-digit games. Yes, in he's there, won double-digit games in the regular season. He's um, done he pretty has much two playoff wins. Okay, two, we can talk two, two playoff wins. How many Justin Herbert? Zero. Well, uh, zero. Watch it. Watch it. zero. Zero. Okay. Now well, there are a just, lot of quarterbacks that we put in that that realm mm-hmm. who have one, two, three playoff wins in mm-hmm. a ten-year career but we still put them in that arena. Mm. Because people still talk Tony Romo as possibly being a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Dak has more wins and playoff playoff wins than Tony Romo.
0: Well, I'm not putting put Tony, Tony, Tony Romo in right. that. You I'm just not throwing Tony Romo in that. What I'm saying is, right. for
1: instance, when, when we like to glorify what guys potentially are mm. able to do right. instead of the ones who actually have done it. You know, Lamar Jackson has been successful since he's been in the NFL. One playoff victory, yes. But he's been successful. Right. Well, we talk a lot of regular season,
0: mm. but it's it's something to be said. Here's what shocks me about what you're, you're, you're saying, what you're doing, and it's a compliment. I love the fact, and that's what uh, I used to love when I was doing television with you. You were a quarterback that didn't mind being critical of the position mm-hmm. because you felt you knew, actually, you did know what the position entails entails and what it's supposed to be. And I so much appreciate that uh, about you. Why are you not coaching somewhere in the NFL? Because it's
1: political. Coaching is political. It's It's a friend base. You know, every staff that you have, either the guys are represented by the same guy or it's a buddy. It's a buddy system. And when you haven't broke that buddy system, it's hard to even get in.
0: But you got a lot of buddies. I mean, at least one would. There's a, one there's would, a difference would, one between one a buddy and a you, working you, friend. You did play for Andy Reid. Yeah. I mean, you did go to five NFC Championship games. So in you the want Super me Bowl. to? So
1: you want me to be on KC staff?
0: It, well, I wouldn't mind it.
1: I'm just not into the coaching aspect of things. I'm more mm-hmm. into the training and developmental gotcha. aspect, and that's why I work with a lot of quarterbacks now, the youth. Mm-hmm. Um, from the ages pretty much of 10 to about 23, 24 years old. Mm-hmm. Now, the mentoring aspect is something that I also have been been involved in while I was playing. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing that right now. So it's just working with a lot of these young guys who don't understand the, the progression and un, don't understand the patience and in and, and the position and, and trying to focus so much on the outside instead of focusing on the craft mm-hmm. at your
0: position. So is that your way of saying that you, you want to teach rather than quote unquote coach? Absolutely. And that's what you enjoy. Yeah. So I, I, because I've often wondered about that. And, and you know, one day you and I've had this conversation. We've been boys for years. And I used to, we used to have this conversation because I used to get on you. You got so much to say, Mm -hmm. but when you played, you didn't say, but you didn't say nearly as much as you wanted to say. Once you retired, do you reflect on that? On the times where, Obviously, you were a leader. You were poli- You were very politically correct for the most part. A lot of people knew that when you played and you let yourself go and you became a bit more outspoken once you retired from the game. As you reflect on that, do you wish you had been more outspoken when you played?
1: No. Why not? Because I said what I said. It spoke volumes, but people took what they wanted to hear mm. out of the conversation. And see, people don't understand that. I know a lot about verbal and nonverbal cues. You know, going to Syracuse University, we work on a lot of that. You know, know, one of the best broadcasting Mm -hmm. journalism schools Mm -hmm. in America. But (laughs) there's also in conversation of (laughs) speaking loudly, but in a shorter span. Mm -hmm. And so on TV, we have a 30 to 45 second break pretty much the block of unless you're talking. That's um what, where you it. cut people off when they're talking. Well what about um, the what about the you, what about the you, time you I know. gave
0: you when you was on first take. You had pretty you you had eight, nine, ten minute blocks to talk. Let's not forget I that. I mean
1: that was I can count that pretty much on one hand of oh, how many times <laughs> <laughs> did you allow anybody to speak that long. But but the whole thing about it is and that's the thing that I try to express to a lot of these guys. Stop trying to impress people in your conversation. Mm. Because they're going to nitpick everything that you say. So just say it, Say what's on your mind and get out. Mm-hmm. And so when you're on TV, it's a little bit different because now we're breaking down things that we've seen as far as the game is concerned. Mm-hmm. You know, We're thinking more of what do you see as far as the quarterback is concerned? What about the defense? When you're reading the defense as a quarterback, now you have to explain that to viewers mm-hmm. for them to understand exactly what it is that you're saying. Mm-hmm. At a press conference, a question is asked, you answer it, you let it go. right? Now they're going to add, add a rebuttal to it, mm-hmm. you know, to try to get you to say more and you say what you have to do. Just mm-hmm. say less.
0: I think you should be on TV more. Quite frankly, I haven't seen you on TV enough. Do you feel that way about yourself?
1: Absolutely. should have still been on TV, but that's, that's right. a whole nother issue.
0: Well, that's a, that's a, that's an issue. I ain't going to get too much into specifics, but we all know uh, what you were accused of and what have you. And as a result of that, you were taken off television. I still don't think it was fair. I'm saying it for the record, Um, I want to know what it's been like for you the last few years with you not being on television, knowing football the way that you do, watching people pontificate about a sport that you obviously know backwards and forwards. What has that been like?
1: It's been great. You know, to be honest with you, man, I, I still I still talk the game. I still break down the way the game is played and why things are happening. Um, I still do call-ins and, 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 been able to express my feelings towards different situations. Um, is it what I've been used to? No, but I'm still involved. You know, I think a lot of times when you break away from the action, people just kind of let it go and they move on. Don't, don't even do it anymore. I'm still involved in it. Mm. Um, and I think the whole thing about it is it's in me. It's what I've always wanted to do. And so I can turn it on, on and off like the light switch. Mm. You know, anytime we break down anything like your shirt that you have on, um, what's, what's wrong you know, with I can what's, I can easily what's, go what's deeper what's into wrong with it. My shirt, man? But you know, yeah, a lot I, of times I mean, I've seen you're not some oh, You oh, see, see how you see how you cut me up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you always messing with me, man. You always messing with yeah. me. There's nothing wrong with this shirt.
1: Yeah, if you we, we were back in '78 and '80, you know,
0: it's okay. Did he just get on my wardrobe? Mm. You get on my wardrobe.
1: There is no tie that can go with that shirt.
0: It was on purpose. I didn't... Friday. I didn't try to wear a tie with it, Donovan. I didn't try to wear a tie with it,
1: man. Aren't you always telling everybody to wear your your tie, your shirt and tie on on the show? It's not
0: Friday. But that's because they look a bit slovenly. Their collars might be a bit wrinkled. The shirt is not wrinkled. The shirt is not, the suit is not sharp. They certainly don't dress better than me. So this is your C game? Pretty much. I wouldn't say that. I call it a B game. I think this is my B game right here. I want to save my A for the night. You know, tonight, tomorrow night, and the night after that. That's just what I want to do. You know? But the daytime, you know, I try to brace you some. You know so I'm saying? I try to hold it off.
1: But you're on TV, so people want to see since you want to talk about your time forwards and all your other suits I, that I, you
0: I don't I don't bring that up. They bring that it, up. I don't bring that up. A matter of fact, I used to see you come on TV with me acting like you was dressing better than me. But there was type there was there was some slippage on your part. There was some slippage. some, some slippage. some slippage. Okay. That's right. Like, you know? Not not like Damian Woody. No. Not like Damien Wood he needs he needs he needs a little bit more help than you I, I will admit that you know, but I don't that's the point today, today. <laughs> <laughs> this is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's sticking like my lifeline until I flat line, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me, high? Who gon' stop me high? Donovan McNabb right here on No Mercy Man. So listen, I I, I mean before I get into this Super Bowl, right. I wanna I wanna talk to you about your career aspirations right. from the standpoint. Have you ever thought about being in the booth? When you think about a Tony Romo, when you think about a Troy Aikman, when you think about some of these players, former players that are in the booth calling games, have you thought about that at all?
1: Absolutely. Um, I had I had my uh, little spiel of, of the booth work uh, when I was at Fox. Um, and it's something that I enjoy because it's live. You can now be able to express and explain to all the listeners and viewers of what actually has happened. And I give a lot of credit to Tony Romo of of how he goes about it. Now, he may kind of push the envelope a little bit. Um, Sometimes you got to pull back Mm -hmm. to allow the play to happen. But that's kind of where I think as a former quarterback, and I remember Phil Simms in the booth, um, you know, Rich Gannon, all the former quarterbacks that have been in the booth. And it's in us to talk about, the things that may happen on second and third down, and what ways of of attacking the defenses, and the way that they have handled the blitzes and things of that nature, from a quarterback standpoint. Mm-hmm. And I think every listener uh, that's watching the TVs and watching, or listening on the radio, they need to hear that. Mm. You know, because we have a lot of couch quarterbacks who who like to explain different things, but you have no clue of what they're talking about. Mm. And then something happens that's different. And so I give a lot of credit to all the guys who have been in the booth that are still doing well, like the Greg Olsons of the game, uh, people who just stepped away from the field and still moved into the booth. Uh, and it's an exciting time. Mm. But it's also an exciting time to be on TV when I, I can talk all sports.
0: I feel you on that. How do you think Tom Brady's gonna do when he gets in the booth? It, it's... F- it's kind of
1: weird to me because Tom doesn't have that personality to go into the booth and be able to to continue to talk for a two hour, two and a half hour mm. span. I just don't see that. Mm. But money talks.
0: That's right. Money talks. Three hundred seventy five million. Absolutely. To 10 years. That'll do it for you. see. To me, when I think about Tom Brady, I think his challenge is going to be calling it like he sees it. See, being I able also, to explain that well, well okay that, that's fair that may be a challenge but also the willingness to call it like you see it. see you surprised me because you're willing to call it like you see it right. but I didn't know that about you when you were playing I didn't know that you know no, I didn't you, know that I used for, to tell no, you that don't
1: go back into our past we, we got a you pass. like to take we, sides I,
0: I, excuse me did I not take your side sometimes when, when it was when Again, this, here the, we go
1: with that sometimes.
0: Sometimes. It's not all the when time. most of the issues that the, became national and public, did you take my side? I think so. I think so. I, when you would disagree with T.O., there were some things I thought he was I right about. I didn't bring
1: up names, so you brought I, up names. The,
0: well, that's what I do. I, I, I didn't I bring up. up names. I, I didn't say you did. I said, there's no mercy for Stephen A. I brought up the name. This Ain't nobody my, scared this, of T.O. This I still brought my it up. Show.
1: This is still my show. There we
0: go. So, am I allowed to bring up a name, brother? <laughs> can, I bring, can I bring up a name, bro? Go ahead. You okay. can bring up a so name. We, so, so whether it was T.O. Yeah. before for him, whatever issues permeated in Philadelphia, I had your back most of the time because I thought you were right. I just thought you needed to say more. And you did it. Why did I have to say more? Because... If you said more... So let me ask you this, as, sure. you, as you told me. all right. Since, you, since it is your show, since yeah. there's no mercy with, with Donovan McNabb, go ahead, go ahead. Again, you said it, I
1: didn't <laughs> see it. <laughs> so right. now that you look back on a situation, right. would you have changed anything? In terms of what specifically are you asking me about? The way, you that, the way about? that you evaluated the situation and explained it,
0: would you have changed anything? Here's, here's, here's what I would... Knowing me said. as you know me now. I would have a little bit. I don't think that you were wrong, but here's anybody recording this. That's right. Let me explain. Let me explain. I don't think you were wrong. What I do believe is that as I've gotten to know you and as we've become friends over the years. You're so articulate and so specific with what you break down that it's hard to go against you. As a columnist in Philadelphia at the time, because I was a columnist, you know, I was there as a reporter from 1996 to 2010. I was a columnist from 2003. If you had said the kind of things that you said once you retired, it would have been easy to write columns defending you. Because all the ammunition would have been there. You didn't give us the ammunition to support you as much as we could. We had to assume, yeah, he's right. He sounds right, but there's more to this story that he ain't telling us. That's all. So I was right. Yes, I, okay. just, I just said that. I just wanted, to, I, I, just wanted said, to, I just said for, that. Why, for are you, making our me listeners. Why are you making me repeat myself? For, for, the, Donovan McNabb was right. Okay, is it clearly important to him to be right? Yes, you were right, <laughs> man. You were right. I got you. I got you. Absolutely. But but I, I again, I still ask you the question as you reflect on. How your personality was and how it's evolved over the years. Is there anything that you wish you would have done differently?
1: Mm-mm.
0: Nothing. Mm-mm. Why? Because that's who I am. Yeah. And you've known me over the
1: years. Yes. Have I changed?
0: No, you haven't. That's who I am. That is fair. No, you have not. No, you have not. I want to go back to when you were drafted 1999, number two overall pick. Tim Couch picked ahead of you. It's years later. How do you feel about the fact that you were the number two pick instead of the number one pick that year?
1: You know, my mentality that whole process was you were going to be a number one pick for somebody. No, not everybody likes you, as we all learned and we all understood as life goes by. Not everybody likes or uh, supports or enjoys your style. Um, I remember talking to Bernie Kosar leading into the draft where I was number one on the board all the way up until... I think 48 hours before the draft. Mm. Whatever changed, I mean, he's, he mentioned some few things that watch, would change, but no need to go into that. Okay. But as I look back in, all the way back over the years and I, I go back to 1999 and the day of the draft, I wouldn't regret, I wouldn't take away anything mm. because I had a chance to learn under one of the best coaches that ever coach, as we evaluate them now, um, a guy who was a player's coach, Another one who built an offense around my ability and strengths. Mm. And his main thing for me in every draft was to make sure that I was well protected. Mm. So obviously being a big guy himself, he went into the draft to get the big fellas up front on both sides of the ball. And then he would build within. And so, yes, we didn't have the marquee names on the outside or, or back at the running back position. All of us made our name for ourselves over the time of being successful, and so the Westbrook's, uh, Brian Westbrook, the, the Brian Westbrook, uh, Todd John, Pinkston, John Ryan, John to Trey Reagan. Thomas. Yep. You know, I'm going all on in the inside. Yes, you know now we go to the outside. I mean, even Chad Lewis was was yep. productive in our offense to Todd Pinkston to to James Thrash early in the beginning, and then we brought in To, but then also. You know, when you look at across the world, we go get Sean Jackson, we go get Jeremy Macklin. So we started going younger as I got older, but we still maintained our success. Mm.
0: When you reflect on those Philadelphia years, what was your favorite year?
1: Easy to say the Super Bowl run because we finally got over the hump. But I would definitely say all of the years, even when we lost in the NFC Championship, because it was never a a mindset of, how many wins we were going to get that year. It was how far we were going to go. Mm. And knowing that we get to the NFC Championship that next year, the the regular season for us was just, it was almost like a breeze. Double-digit wins. We just stay healthy and we had a chance. Mm. And every year we got to the NFC Championship, we thought that this was it. Um, I remember playing the Carolina Panthers where I broke my ribs. We felt like that was it. When we lost it to, to the Rams and when they were in St. Louis at that particular time, where Marshall fought, we're winning at halftime. I felt like that was it. That was the first taste of the NFC Championship. And then it, when we played Tampa in the Vet, I felt like that was it. It was just a couple plays in that game. I was worried about y'all.
0: I was worried about y'all that game because uh, I looked I look bigger than you that day because y'all was playing the Veterans Stadium and I was wearing so many so much clothing because it was minus twenty out there. Yeah, I looked three hundred pounds. Me. We're we're tougher.
1: That's a you like how I threw that. That's one. a low. That's a low blow, that's a low that, blow man. That.
0: That's a low blow. Hey. But you're right. You're right. I, Absolutely. I mean, but you know what?
1: It's it was a game in which we felt like we had, mm. and then we come out here in 09, and we had them then against the Cardinals, just weren't able to to finish it at the end. Mm.
0: Oftentimes, you've spoken. And I remember when you were speaking about Carson Wentz, when he was the quarterback of Philadelphia, and you were reminded people about the standard you were held to. Mm -hmm. Juxtapose that to him. Clearly, it wasn't a standard he was being held to at that time, and it kind of rubbed you the wrong way. And I'm wondering, as you reflect on your years in Philadelphia, and you look back at your time there, We talk about Jalen Hurts now. We talked about Carson Wentz before. Nick Foles had his brief run. He won a championship as a backup quarterback once Carson Wentz went down. Mm -hmm. Do you still feel like the level of appreciation that should have been accorded to you still hasn't been accorded to you based on your late years of success in Philadelphia?
1: Yeah, I feel I'm definitely underappreciated. Um, And the way that... It's kind of evaluated by people as, well, he didn't win the Super Bowl. But we had over a decade of a lot of fun and success. We made households very excited to watch the Philadelphia Eagles. At that time, before 99, nobody really was watching Philadelphia. That's true. No free agent was trying to get to Philadelphia. People would come to tryouts and they're like, nah, I'm good. Call their agent and get out. But after '99, we made it more of a, an exciting place to play, where we were building something, and I think we had started get more free agents. I remember when we tried to get Randy Moss, and we had Randy Moss before he ended up going to New England. I
0: didn't realize that
1: we had Randy Moss. What I happened? talked to Randy. What ha- what the hell happened? Well, you know, that other guy over there in New England, Bill got Belichick. a chance to talk to him. No, oh, Tom Brady. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> he had a chance to talk to him. Right. And he took a shot. Mm. He was coming to Philadelphia. Mm. And so you think of the likes of, if I would have had a chance to play with T.O., which T.O. loved, then Randy come in. So now you're talking about building more from a weaponry standpoint mm. on the offensive side mm. to continue on what we've been doing.
0: Do you think Randy Moss... And your offense would have been better than it was with you and T.O.? Uh,
1: I think we would have still been explosive. Of course. We still would have been explosive. Now, a lot of different things that we did when we had T.O. Uh, was unlikely because we didn't have that before. We had a guy that can go across the middle and make big plays. Yeah, he was great. But with Randy, it would have been a downfield down show. Mm. And the thing that people kind of dismiss about Randy is they think he can't go across the middle. He doesn't. He's unwilling to go across the middle. Randy would go across the middle. Mm. You put him in the right offense. Which remember, he played in the Minnesota Vikings West Coast offense at that time. Right. You know, obviously with with uh, the way things were called, it was a little bit different because Chris was the guy going across the middle. But we would have utilized cut. his ability. Uh, to be more of a threat and he would have had great opportunities.
0: Now, you know how people are going to think listening to this interview. They're going to say, okay, you had T.O. You potentially could have had Randy Moss. Obviously, there's no shame in losing out to Randy Moss at the hands of Tom Brady because it's Tom Brady. But nevertheless, they're going to say, looking at T.O., things didn't work out there because he left prematurely in a lot of people's eyes, even though he forced his way out because he wanted a new contract, and we all know that story. When you hear your name attached to, stu- to such storylines, even in this day and age, what kind of things come through your mind, and is it rife with frustration?
1: It's not with frustration because I just, I enjoy my career. Um, I think our careers and what we've done through the years, successful or unsuccessful, it makes us who we are in the future. Um, I think throughout my career, I think people, they pinpoint and take out different things of which they think it's easy for them to highlight in conversation. Mm. But it's hard to discredit all-time winningest quarterback. Touchdowns, yards, um, making it to five NFC championships, a Super Bowl appearance, six-time Pro Bowler. Like, these are different things that when you read off a resume and you take the picture away, you'll say, that guy's a Hall of Famer.
0: Yeah. And you believe you're a Hall of Famer? Absolutely. All right. What does it make you feel like when you know other people don't believe that about you?
1: Again, I'm I'm not here to, to make people like me. Mm-hmm. You know, I play the game because I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know, I continue to be the dad of the year because I, my kids enjoy it. Right. You know, so I'm not here for the Instagram likes. I got you. Um, and, and I think that's where people go wrong because they're so worried about trying to fulfill... Everybody else's mm-hmm. thoughts and beliefs, instead of focusing on your enjoyment. Mm.
0: When you were the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, you weren't just obviously a great quarterback; you were an incredible role model. You had the Campbell Soup commercials, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Yes, did, I did. You, yes, you just did. throw that out you there did. with a the smirk. Threw, I just, I just threw that out there because you know <laughs> I always used to love the Campbell. I used to tease you about the Campbell Soup commercials <laughs> and stuff like that, you know. Uh, uh, but, but, but you, 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 I, I bring stuff like that up because. Back then, you had to really, really make sure that you were appealing, quote unquote, to Madison Avenue. Right. Today, things appear to have changed. It appears to be a lot differently. I'm talking about the game itself and being marketable. Can you explain what you're seeing and whether or not you like or dislike it?
1: Well, I don't think that it's as tough now to become marketable in the game in which we played years ago. Um, and it's funny because I was kind of watching this and Jalen mentioned a little bit of this um in his his post uh when he was talking about MJ and he talked about, you know, the game and how it's changed. Imagine if we had social media back yeah. then when, when we played, yeah. how we could market ourselves and how we would be in a position where companies will be coming to us because of the Instagram followers and, and all the likes. So instead of waiting on that phone call and having your marketing team reach out to different companies and, hey, you know, my client would, would love to to be the face of your product. Eh, well, we have to have a meeting about it. Now, all of a sudden, you got over two and a half million followers. And it's like, hey, we would love to uh, work with you and uh, we can kind of utilize your platform. and that's when you start to see a lot of these guys now become marketable, but really haven't done much on the field. Right. And so the evaluation is a little bit different, uh, which now goes further into, um, I think, the aspect of being more of a vo- a face, a visual face. Because remember when we played, it was we had helmets on. We couldn't take our helmet off and right. celebrate. We get a penalty. You know, people wouldn't know you just from... The, maybe the the guide. Or if they happen to say, well, Donovan McNabb threw for 300 yards. And it's like, oh, the Do- Donovan McNabb. And you might be sitting right next to the person. And he's like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, that's you. Yeah. Now you walk down the street, everybody knows everything about you. Yeah. Which that's the negative aspect of things because right. it's never the unknown now. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think as far as where the game is today, and this is yeah. all sports.
0: And that's why I was asking because I want to know what kind of effect you think it's had on the game.
1: It's had a big effect on the game because now it's not so much about the love of the game anymore. It's all about the outside money they can receive in the marketing aspect. Right. Because I think when you look at some of the guys who are really being marketed that big, you know, it's it's not the bigger names that we've seen. Mm. It's not like even now. How I many Steph Curry commercials have you seen? Right. You know, we see LeBron because LeBron's. Crew does a great great job with what he's. A majority of his stuff is all social media stuff. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm sure he draws draws a big price no to use the name, which he should. Mm-hmm. But we don't see nothing with John Morant. Yeah, you know, he got to just put his new shoes out, and ever since his new shoes came out, you haven't really heard much from, about yeah. it. You know, Major League Baseball is the same way. Mookie Betts goes over to the Dodgers, wins a a World Series. You don't really see much about Mookie Betts anymore. Mm. You know, and so the list goes on with different sports. I think social media-wise, it's taken away, I think, a lot of what we were doing back Mm. then as far as building a brand. Now everybody has a brand. Mm. You know, everybody talks about their
0: brand. I think about Jalen Hurts. I think about the words that you've said about him. And with, despite your concerns, your worries, whatever appropriate word is in terms of what we're looking at in today's game, you don't seem to have any of those concerns about mm-hmm. him and neither do I. What is it about Jalen Hurts that makes him so special in your eyes?
1: His ability to block everything out and focus in on his craft. Here's a guy, if you remember my, my statement, he's the grown man in the room. Mm. His journey and his path is a whole lot different than a lot of other people who are playing that position. Here's a guy who nationally, on national TV, was benched in a, in a national championship game in the second half. Team wins with a young quarterback in Tua Tongalong. He decides to stay his senior year, graduates early, stays as the backup, helps them win in the semifinal game against Georgia, the team he was benched. Win that game he, now he sits again in a national championship game after helping them win to get there. And then he goes to Oklahoma and learns a new offense with Lincoln Riley, who everybody thought was a QB guru. That's right. He's a Heisman Trophy candidate. Mm. Learned and how got to play for to the, the pocket. And got him to the playoffs. Now they want to talk about them losing to LSU, but at that time LSU was a juggernaut. That's right. And if you look back at that LSU roster, I'm sure you'll see Joe seven Burrow, or Jamal, more first-round draft picks right. on that team alone.
0: Mm. So when you think about that and you think about the game of this magnitude, Super Bowl 57, the quarterback on the opposite side is Patrick Mahomes, right. who's universally recognized as the best in the game today.
1: I hear a lot of people don't want to put him up there. I actually heard uh, in a conversation, or maybe you were involved in it, where Joe Burrow may
0: become the face of the, the uh, NFL. I He's said, the next Tom Brady. No, what I said was, what I said was, if Joe Burrow beats him, that would be a 4-0 record against Joe Burrow. And then we got to have that conversation because I can't be calling you better than somebody who keeps beating you. And then, lo and behold, he didn't beat him. That's what I said. If but you don't quote me, I mean, can you quote me accurately? please? I, I mean, you would ask me to quote
1: you accurately. I didn't see you step up for Patrick Mahomes, you know, for everything that he's accomplished. Well, 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 why, he's why, the why, best why, quarterback in the league. Well, you, I, I know you still what, talk about that bad man what, out there. Well, well, he, you know, yeah, Aaron Rodgers
0: is a bad man. And I don't like some of his choices, you know what I'm saying? But, I mean, the bottom line is he's a bad man. He is a bad man. But Patrick Mahomes is that dude. I'm not going to lie. He is that dude. Okay. And he's alone, standing alone by himself at the position. So what can Hurts do or what do the Philadelphia Eagles need to do to beat him?
1: I think they have to establish the run game. They have to establish the run game to set up the play-action game. You have to neutralize that front four with Jones and Clark. I think it's important for them to be able to run the football effectively to set up the RPO game. Now, I think they have the advantage as far as a receiver versus their secondary. Yeah. But you just can't come out airing the ball out. I think it's important to set up that play action here by running the ball with Miles Sanders and and Scott and all those guys and Gainwell, of which Gainwell might be an X factor.
0: Let me interrupt you. I was speaking to Debo Samuels for the San Francisco 49ers this morning.
1: I did see that.
0: Obviously, they were very, very depressed uh, because they're like, what are we supposed to do? We lost four damn quarterbacks, for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Four quarterbacks, Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo. That's just Bert, bad luck. Yeah, Brock Purdy and then Josh, you know, Josh. They all went down just horrible, horrible luck. And they're like, we had the plan. We had the scheme. Attack their secondary. That's what the Eagles... They was like, that's you
1: mean what the, t- attack the, the Eagles secondary?
0: That's what he was saying. That's what he was saying. And that's what he was saying, Patrick. Patrick Mahomes needs to do against them in order to beat the Eagles. I know you're talking about the Eagles offensively and what they can do. My attitude is, I don't know how great the Eagle, the chief secondary is. I think that's something for Hurts to attack. And I agree. And
1: that's exactly see, where see I went. See,
0: great minds take a You know, you a know I, I
1: think you might have been piggybacking <laughs> back after that. I, I set it up. I, you thought I threw you alive, but I, I went for the layup. Uh, but you know what? Again, on both sides of it. But I will say this. If there's a secondary that's in this game that you would take it, it would be the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. Now, I would definitely take Slay and Bradbury Mm -hmm. over the two outside receivers for the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. The issue will be the linebackers and safeties versus Travis Kelsey Mm. and possibly Juju Smith-Schuster in the slot. Yeah. That may be the issue. But I think this game is going to come down to turnovers, continue to move the chains on third down, and eliminating kicking multiple field goals. Mm. Like what we've seen in the Kansas City and and the Cincinnati game, there were a lot of field goals in that game. Mm. And it came down to mistakes. It was two mistakes in that game that changed the course of the game. Um, But I think in the Philadelphia aspect of it, if they don't turn the football over and they continue to move the chains on third down, they got a great chance of winning this (laughs) game.
0: This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh-huh. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? You picking The Eagles won this game? Absolutely. 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 So you got the Eagles beating the Kansas City Chiefs. Why?
1: And what's the score? I think it's something about fate of how things have been going. I think it's also something about momentum of how they've been playing <laughs> with Jalen Hurts at the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, this path, this journey that he's he's been on is storybook. You know, we, we want to glorify the Brock Purdy situation. We want to glorify what we want. But we can't discredit how this young man, how many people really wanted him in Philadelphia to be in the quarterback? Not many.
0: How Second many people on
1: TV thought he was worthy of the position? I didn't think so. How many people even think he's a franchise guy? I think he's a franchise guy now. Without okay. question. We'll, we'll get into that, uh, at, you know, a little <laughs> bit later. Um, because it's funny you say that. But right. how many people, and I continue to say it, but how many people, is you know, can sit back and say that for the next five to seven years that Jalen Hurst is the starting
0: quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles? I think that based on how he's looked this year, and I think the greatest thing that's helped him was him missing those three games that he was out, and, the a Eagles, and it proved the point. I think. not you say element, something about when Steriani said that he was the Michael Jordan. Um, I, I, I thought he was going too far. Michael Michael Jordan. MJ. Michael Jordan. I mean, okay, it, it, you, it, you, you don't just say, say, no, you,
1: you, 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 you say <laughs> Michael Jordan. You're going to go deep into Michael Jordan. But we understood what he was saying. Sirianni engages in Okay, well, you wanted him to say. To nah, if he would have said, said LeBron James, and you would have said. Well, I might have said, well, you know, I mean,
0: I guess that's acceptable. What if he would have said Kobe Bryant? It, 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 you, no, go ahead. possible, but no. There you no, go. No, there you no, go. No. I
1: understood what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something to be said about his presence around that football team when he's mm-hmm. healthy. And he's not healthy. he wasn't healthy
0: then. Score: Super Bowl 57?
1: I think this is more of a, I would say more like 30-21 game. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we'll see by halftime, maybe it may be around 17-10. But then I think the second half will be kind of a
0: turning point. Am I wrong in assuming, and it's just an assumption, that Jalen Hurts in this story, although it's not directly akin to yours, you were a number two overall pick, a star coming out of Syracuse. We know this. What's good? Jaylen, uh, Syracuse, man. Okay, I said just, Syracuse, okay? You know, Syracuse, you all right? You said with some passion. I, I, I just said it, all right? <laughs> but but knowing knowing that, uh, but because of his character, mm-hmm. because of his willingness to embrace the diver- uh, adversity and to stay focused and handle his business— there's almost something about you that seems like if there's a new star in Philadelphia, somebody who's going to break records, records that I said or whatever, I'd rather it be him than somebody like a Carson Wentz. I see. You don't, see, don't start that. I'm don't just start asking. That. No, I'm just asking. No, I mean, what no, did I do?
1: No. If right. Carson would have done it, right. then, then it would have been great. Okay. It would have been great. But I do know Jalen a little bit more. And talking to him and, and kind of being in his corner mentor, I just think it's something to be talked about when a guy is least expected to be successful and become successful. Because remember, we talked about, you say he's a franchise quarterback. Right? This is going into his fourth year, correct? Mm-hmm. Next year. That's right. The the two guys that are up for contracts, too. Yeah, And he should be, he's Gonna be one of them. Okay. That means Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. Mm. He wins this Super Bowl, he gets to get paid like them. Without question. Without question. No if doubt he, about it. If he doesn't win the Super Bowl, he's gotta be paid. I still agree with that.
0: Joe Burrow and, and 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 Justin Herbert don't Joe Joe Burrow don't have a Super Bowl and Justin Herbert doesn't have a playoff win. So I, I, I got you there. Although the Eagles did go through the Giants and a quarterback-less San See, Francisco uh, again, 49ers you, team, I mean, I'm just you giving you facts. I'm just giving you facts. Who's on the you play on the schedule? I can't point out those facts. I can't point out those facts. You play who's on the schedule? Come on, tell it. You weren't you sad when you saw the 49ers lose four damn quarterbacks? Mm-mm. Four, Mm-mm. four. Mm-mm. I mean, they, I mean, you, I know you want to win, but you, you, you. I mean, they couldn't even throw the football, man.
1: That should go to your scouting department to bring in some guys. Really,
0: really, you, you going know. there? Who gonna lose four quarterbacks, Donovan? Four?
1: You lost Jimmy Garoppolo early. You lost Trey Lance early. Look, 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 the porn star Jimmy. You porn star Jimmy. lost Jimmy. So you to <laughs> It ain't
0: my fault. He he's <laughs> the one that went on Melrose Boulevard with a porn star. Oh, not not me. That wasn't me. She that was, was a nice young lady. I'm sure she was. Trey Lance went down too. Early. Brock Purdy. Okay, but and you. And Josh Johnson. But this is the thing, though. Those were injuries. Jimmy During the game, was, though, Jimmy was, was still injuries.
1: healthy in an eight week span, I believe. Eight to, That's yeah, true. about eight to ten week span. Okay. So you have a chance to go and get mm-hmm. another quarterback on the practice squad. Okay. Or possibly just have him inactive. That's why they
0: got Johnson, Josh, because. You wouldn't be saying this if it was I'm, Philadelphia. I'm just saying, you would have far more compassion if we were talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, Donovan McNabb. Well, you, you know, know what? That? But. <laughs> he's gonna admit it, right? what, what do you want me to say? I mean, you know Listen, man, at this point in time, Eagles win the Super Bowl, stuff like that. Jalen Hurts is gonna be the new man. But what I wanna end all of this with is that as we sit here talking to you, what do you want people to know? A, about what you're doing with your life, B about where your life is going. And and, and C, just where you are at this point in time in your life? Because there's still an awful lot of people in Philadelphia and beyond who care a lot about you.
1: Well, what am I doing right now? I'm, I'm continuing to, to be in the community and try to help these young kids having a great opportunity to be on a platform where they can display their talents and have an opportunity to fulfill their dream of playing possibly Division One basketball, football, softball, Coach Girl softball, mm-hmm. um, to try to help prepare them for what life expects. Life expects you to be great and perfect. But you put so much pressure on yourself to become the perfectionist. And as soon as things go wrong, how are you able to handle that adversity and being able to get right back on track? You gotta learn to overcome the negative and overcome the least expected to be able to prepare yourself for the path that you set for yourself. Mm-hmm. So this is the thing that I try to help with my coaching and training. Uh, where am I at as far as with my my kids are growing? Like I said, my daughter's in college now. I have two twins that are are fourteen that are going into high school next year. I got a thirteen year old that's going into eighth grade next year. They all play sports, so being the supportive dad and always being there to teach them the right and the wrong and prepare them in any way uh, is my job and my duty as a dad. Um, but also, I feel I'm a dad to all the girls that and the guys that I the kids that I coach. And so, continue to be the role model, the citizen, uh, to lead them in the right way, so they see me doing the right things. Um, as far as football is concerned, um, the football aspect now I've stepped away from it, and rightfully so. Been eleven seasons since I played, but breaking down the game and and being able to see things from an eye of being behind center, as well as being kind of in the booth or studio, you may say, still will never lose that it's like riding a bike Yeah, it's the fun part of life in which I prepare myself for as a youth Yeah, to continue to to be able to do that now with opportunity yeah mm-hmm. I can be able to continue to display that on any platform that's given to me yeah. but at, as of right now I can only do what I do
0: man I sincerely mean this from the bottom of my heart when I say this man I got a lot of love for you and one of the biggest things is I really really hope to be working with you again I miss you just want you to know that
1: well I really appreciate you coming on my show um you know, I'm gonna I'm change the name a little bit, but man, it's really good to have you come on. You know, we'll, we'll talk about your attire uh, changing next time to be, you know, I don't know if you went casual or, you know, maybe you're going to a 70s event after this, but, you know, it's something to be said. Is but it's, it's really good. It's really I, good I to think, see I, you. I think I'm
0: hearing a little jealousy, man. I think I'm hearing <laughs> a little jealousy. You want me to get you one of these shirts, man?
1: You know, I wanna thank you for joining me on my show today. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thanks a lot, big boy. Always. Appreciate you, baby. Always. Yes. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts.